Welcome to a nostalgic episode today of 90s and noughties rock with me, Babs, my co-host Fran, and special guest Jen Dixon. Jen is an English singer-songwriter from the northeast of England in Teesside, and we're really happy to have her on this week because she has a new song out, Over You, which is from her upcoming EP, Less Than a Feeling, which will be out later in June. Jen did both the playlists for today's episode, which you can go and check out on Spotify, along with the playlists relating to all our other episodes. And she's picked Foo Fighters as her overrated pick, but she really likes them. She's here to defend them. And Jen's picked Feed Her as her underrated pick. So join us to rock in, rock out, and I apologize for this lame ending of the intro. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Overunderrated. It's another episode of Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. I am Babs and I'm here with my co-host Fran. How are you doing today, Fran? I am doing perfectly fine. Although you can't see it, I've actually bought a new webcam. So for the first time in a year, I'm not black and white and flickering. Mm-hmm. Just for this the benefit of Babs. Have you been listening to anything recently? I have. So I got quite obsessed with two songs um, in the last few weeks. So Lana Del Rey has a new album out. Mm-hmm. And I was quite excited to hear uh, that she had a song with Tommy Genesis, who I'm a big fan of. And basically, there's a song called Peppers, and it's sampled a Tommy Genesis song called Angelina. And it is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly catchy. So I've been listening to that on repeat. And the other song I've been listening to on repeat is the new song from Rosalia and her boyfriend, Raul Alexander. I think that's, no, Alejandro. I think that's how you pronounce it. Basically, they've they've released like a three song EP and there's a song called Vampiros and it's very, very fun. And I'm logging into Last FM now. So in the last seven days, I've listened to Vampiros 35 times and to Peppers 26 times. <laughs> and the next song down is like six. So been quite obsessive. How about you? I went to London yesterday and I went to the War of the Worlds immersive theatre. So I've been listening to the War of the Worlds soundtrack, which is the coolest thing I've ever said on a podcast. <laughs> and it turns out that people under 30 have not heard of the War of the Worlds. They keep thinking yeah. of I mean, the Tom Cruise film. Oh, is it? See, I didn't even know that. <laughs> it was a computer <laughs> game. <know>. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know it's a book, but... Yeah, yeah. so but in, in the late 70s, um, a guy called Jeff Rain, he did a whole musical with, like, um, loads of stars like Richard Burton and Phil Lynott from Thin Lizzy, and mm. it's all, like, an epic, like... Uh, it was it was a musical, but only on vinyl. And then you go to London now, and you go through, like, VR, and there's, like, live actors and all sorts of things happening. And I feel like the biggest nerd in the world. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> moving on... <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, like, I felt a bit nerdy today when I saw that. Um, so Edgar Wright posted that there's going to be a Scott Pilgrim anime mm-hmm. version with all the original cast doing the voices. And I have never watched anime really in my life, but I'm like, this is what will get me in. Now I will go down this world, this nerdy, nerdy world. Yeah, I can't do anime. There's too many sexy tentacles uh, for, for my liking. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to work in HMV and I used to see the back covers and thought, there's a lot of school children and a lot of tentacles and I want to keep away from this world, to be fair. <laughs> and on that note, we, we will introduce our guest for today's podcast. Here, her thoughts on uh, sexy tentacles. <laughs> How are you doing, Jen Dixon? Um, a bit nervous about coming on now we're talking about tentacles and things don't worry don't worry we will move on from this soon i promise okay okay good to know (laughs) what music have you been listening to jen oh i wish i could say something really cool um but i've just had a little look at my spotify and when i'm at my day job i do tend to just put on you know like the spotify mixes and things Mm -hmm. um but the last album that i actually listened to was maroon five songs about jane Ooh. It's the last album on the first album that they did that was any good, um, in my opinion. But it, I heard the song on the, one of the songs on the radio, and I was like, "That was such a good album," and w- had a bit of nostalgia and went back to it. So yeah, that's embarrassing. But um, other than that, just general mixes of stuff, just yeah, to keep me going at work. Do you know what? I, I went to look up the date. It came out in 2002, that album. I, I would have guessed it was later, actually. So it is around that Yeah, kind it's of... a proper, like, well, I would say proper old. It's not old. But it, for me, it was like when I was at school, it came out. So 
it is like a nostalgia thing. Um, I wouldn't say that was my favorite style of music, but um, yeah, just yeah, it just reminds me of being a kid. I guess it's quite nice. And keeping in the noughties, we have a well, noughties stroke nineties. We have we don't we're trying to work out what the theme is today. Mm. Um, two rock bands beginning of F who started in the nineties. Is that the uh, is that the theme? We've sure, not nineties. <laughs> Anglo rock, nineties <laughs> rock. So I, I asked Jen because you think of a band you considered underrated, and she put forward Feeder. Yeah, tell us why you've chosen Feeder. I just think that they're known for one song, and which is Book Rogers. Generally, that's the song that people think of, mm-hmm. and they've actually got a lot of really good songs, like great songs that probably just haven't made it into. The mainstream or the charts or whatever but they're actual I, when i've listened through them there's not many songs where i think this is a bad song mm-hmm. um and that's for me i don't feel like they get enough praise for that i suppose it's as simple as that i guess it's true i have yeah i have my opinions but we will do uh feeder second but we will start off with the in brackets overrated pick and Although it doesn't mean what we think they're overrated, but that's posing the question, and that is yeah. that is the Foo Fighters. So, can you tell us your experiences with the Foo Fighters? Experiences. So, experiences. <laughs> experiences. <laughs> tell us about. You know, can't tell you then. The rumors. <laughs> they're secret. Um, so, I don't think they're overrated at all. They're one of my favorite bands. I absolutely love them. Um, but I was just trying to think of a band that I thought was similar to Feeder in some ways, in terms of era, in terms of sound, lineup, that sort of thing. And I just thought I didn't really know why Feeder couldn't be as big as the Foo Fighters in, in that sort of, in their realm, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the Foo Fighters are massive. Not everybody can be that big. But I just thought I feel like Feeder could have been or should have been in that realm as well. Have you ever seen... The Foo Fighters live or anything at all? No, it's on my bucket list of things to do. But I don't want to say this because every time I say I want to go and see somebody, one of the band members dies and they stop. <laughs> so like, I was like, I really need to go and see Linkin Park. And then it was like, nah, no, you're not going to do that. Oh, I'd love to go and see a Foo Fighters. And then obviously, you know, and it just, just, yeah, every time I say I want to go see somebody, one of the members dies. So I'm going to stop saying it. We're not going to ask you what gigs you've got coming up. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. So, um, Babs, Foo Fighters. So, uh, I, I'm afraid to say, Jen, coming into this, that for me, I think the Foo Fighters are quite overrated. That was that was my feeling coming in, but I'm re- I'm ready to have my mind changed. You know, let's let's talk through the playlist because yeah, I there is a kind of stadium rock element in it that I don't really like. I can absolutely acknowledge that. Taylor Hawkins was an amazing drummer. Dave Gohl's an amazing musician. But pretty much the only Foo Fighters songs that I like are all from One by One. It's All My Life, Come Back and Low. And I do feel it was a bit by kind of stealth that I liked them because All My Life was on MTV Europe all the time when, when I was a kid. And it came out. And yeah, I just don't really, I've never really understood it. Although I think having listened to the playlist, I maybe have an idea a bit more of why I don't like them so much. But um, I'm glad to hear that you have a different opinion because this should be quite an interesting discussion, Jen. But yeah, how about you, Fran? Yeah, I, I, I like the Foo Fighters. I am old enough to remember Big Me on MTV back in like 1995. And yeah, I, I remember listening to Monkey Wrench and feeling, oh, this is quite heavy for me, being like a 16-year-old into Britpop. And, you know, he screams and stuff. And then I say, I remember buying a single thinking, ah, this is maybe I've I've, uh, I've moved on to a new rocky dimension. Now I can get into the Foo Fighters. I love the videos. I think that around 2008, like it became a bit too maybe status quo for me a little bit. But then I really like Wasting Light. I think I went back down to that garage, garage rock sort of uh, feel when I had Butch Vig. But I can't say there's been a standout single for the past 10 years. But I have seen them live three times, Reading 2002, Island Bike 2006, and Island Bike 2011, and they are an amazing live band. Um, so I think if you're on the fence, see them live, because Dave really knows how to do a set. But so we go into your playlist, Jen. Overrated. 
So, Jen, you've put together a five-track playlist for the Food Fighters. Thank you very much. And you've chosen Everlong. But um, what are the reasons behind the songs? Is this your five favourite songs? or um, They're probably my favourite songs. Um, also, the ones that maybe make me feel like they, they feel like they mean something, even though I couldn't tell you what they actually mean. I remember um, hearing Everlong acoustic, mm-hmm. and it just, like just blew me away it just it was so raw um and loved it and i think that was probably my favorite song for a very long time um so the the original obviously is is definitely in there fran do you do you i'm i'm sure you know this but do you like it yeah i remember it being out on mtv with like the the blow your mind music video and yeah it's like it felt different than previously it's got like a it's kind of a strange sort of guitar sound really it instantly stands out you know, the lyric, breathe out, breathe your in. I think most uh, people in the 90s would sing that to their boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, as the most romantic line. But in the COVID world, it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love the frantic drumming in the chorus. I also like the acoustic version. And when you see them live, they tend to start off with the acoustic, and then mm. it sort of builds up to the big, like, full band version. And yeah, it's just one of the best songs of the 90s, I might say, controversial. <gasps> yes, wow. agree. Babs. Sorry, <laughs> Um, I think, Fran, you put your finger on maybe why I have a bit of an issue with Foo Fighters and maybe maybe a little bit Foo Fighters fans, not you, Jen, but certain, let's say, boys at <laughs> school. Because you said, oh, you know, I was into Britpop and this felt a bit kind of heavier and edgier. Mm. When So I read that Everlong, Dave Grohl himself said that he was when he was writing Monkey Ranch, he um, had some downtime and stumbled on a Sonic Youth ripoff riff. And I was like, ah, yes, that's what this is. It's like... It's uh, it's a kind of noise rock without the edges uh, kind of thing. And, you know, I, I, can't, I won't deny that it's, you know, I, I haven't heard this in a while. I enjoyed it more than I have in ages because, yeah, I think there was a moment in my life when, you know, people into the same music as me played this to me a lot. The guitars and drums are, are good. For me, it's, it's fine. And when you go and look at the YouTube comments for this and for so many other Free Fighter songs, these songs really mean a lot to people. Like I read about how it's David Letterman's favorite song. Really? And he got them to, yeah. So he he had some surgery when he came back. They played it on his show, and then when his show finished, they played it again over a montage of like his twenty five year career because he said it kind of got him through recovery and stuff. And I was like, oh, like again, I always feel very much in a minority when it comes to Foo Fighters. Like this is one of my let's say more preferred songs from from this list. But I'm like, yeah. It's, it's it's okay. It's I, it, but it doesn't it doesn't move me much. Basically. Did you know that they recorded the, the entire album with the um the drummer William Goldsmith and then Dave Grohl listened back to it and didn't like it enough, so he secretly re-recorded all the drum pieces again. I did not know that. And, and he then told him, "I've done the whole album. You could be in a band live." And the guy quit. It was no, no wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so this is the last album that Dave did all the drums for the Foo Fighters. Then obviously right. Taylor Hawkins came and placed them. But yeah, yeah, he said that when he rec- when he writes music, he can't not do the drums in his head. So he's a drummer, he, right? Yeah, exactly. So... so that guy had to live up to the drums he'd already thought of to match the song. So it's mm-hmm. a losing battle, really. So that shows how good Taylor is that he can match what Dave dreams of when he writes the songs. I mean, I haven't seen that many interviews with with Foo Fighters, but yeah, Jen Taylor Hawkins. When I have seen him being interviewed, it's kind of like, oh fuck, what a thing to live up to, <laughs> right? But I think on 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 technicality, he he absolutely did live up to it, right? Yeah, he was like a phenomenal drummer, mm-hmm. and like my my background is drumming, and he was just, I I understand what you're saying about people not being able to, because I play the drums on my tracks, and mm. then give them to the band and and my head I, I hear something sometimes and I think that's not what's on the track <laughs> but you you know I'm not Dave Grohl and I can't turn around and go what are you doing <laughs> I'm just appreciative that somebody's actually taking the time to play it um but yeah he just like obviously his death was just you saw how much it meant to some people like they were in tears they've never met him before he was just a role model for a lot of people um and yeah just a fantastic drummer it's, it's Really, really sad. <laughs> and people forget about it. He did. He took a risk joining the Foo Fighters because at that time, Alanis mm. Morissette was you know, playing massive arenas, and the Foo Fighters are still an up and coming band. It's like, and were they going to last? It was just us a little fling that mm. Dave was going to have. So yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, and then he he jumped ship and 
it was for the best. But um, yeah, so we move on to your next pick, which is uh, probably the, the second most famous song. Yeah, Best of You. It's it's the best song. I remember being in school and, and um, this is before I could actually properly play the guitar, but picking up the guitar and trying to learn Best of You. And I think it was the only song I could actually play and it wasn't even like proper chords. I just got some tab and just, you know, played the notes. And I was like, oh, that sounds about right. And it was just, I guess, again, it was that nostalgia thing of growing up with the Foo Fighters being one of my favourite bands and trying to play their songs. Um, and obviously, you know, 12-year-old Jen or whatever could never play the drums because all of their songs are rock hard. So, yeah, I thought, oh, I'll pick up and try and play the guitar which also wasn't easy when you couldn't play the guitar. Um, but I just remember playing that song and it's just like, I'm definitely a melody person. When I hear a song, if the melody's catchy, I sometimes don't even think about what's going on in the background. But with these songs, I feel like I hear everything. Yeah, I feel like it just gels so well. This song just, yeah, it's it's heavy and soft at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, they, they do the, the quite loud thing quite well, don't they? yeah. But I guess, you know, the, the producer, Gil Norton, was from the Pixies, and the Pixies were kind of the first that rock band explains it. Okay, to do the yeah. quite loud thing, you know? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realise. I, I I saw the name Gil Norton, but I didn't I didn't know. Yeah. So, Babs, best of you. <laughs> do you want to go first? <laughs> no, because if, no, I guess we can do a shit sandwich if that's what you're implying. <laughs> shit sandwich. Um, I really don't like this song. I... And but this is the song actually that made me realize why I don't think I like the Foo Fighters. It is Dave Grohl's voice. He is too shouty, <laughs> right? And it's passion, uh, it's passion. I, I'm sorry, is. Jen. You can't see Jen's face, but she she has a hand I'm, on her chest and is looking sad. I'm, I'm sorry, upset. Jen. <laughs> I, again, no, I'm in the minority. And I think what was interesting listening to this against Fida actually, in my mind, I would have never automatically put Fida and Foo Fighters together. And I was like, oh, I think I like Fida a bit more because. Grant's voice is a bit lower in the mix. Dave Grohl's voice is very high in the mix very often. And he's just, I got another. I'm like, whoa, whoa, dude, dude. <laughs> take a step back, take a step back. And I don't know how much you're into comedy, Jen. Do you know Pappy's, the the sketch trio uh, who do a podcast? So no. they have a section in one of their... Um, uh, one of the things where they go, I got another confession. And it's like, it's uh, an intro to a section on their podcast. So that is all I think about now when I, when I hear this song. And... That is kind of the only part I hear of the song, which is a bit problematic because I will say, I can imagine, I can appreciate the way that it builds, right? And I can imagine that if you're watching this live, it must be so much fun to sing along with everyone else. Got another. But um, yeah, I would say that I prefer the B-side to this single, which is their cover of I'm in love with a German film star by The Passions. <laughs> Great cover. Uh, lovely times. <laughs> and I will say, I also enjoyed um, a YouTube comment by Pablo Escobar, which said... I'm in love with the German football manager, Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool FC. <laughs> well, I mean, when you see him live, he will literally say, I've got another confession to make him and pause and enjoy the, the whole stadium, like roaring for like a minute before he moves on to the next line. So, yeah, I, I think this is their last like classic single. And yeah, it's probably the song that maybe moved into different um, parts of the world. For example, like, I think pre before this, they were still like an alternative rock band, and this probably made them like a a rock band for the masses. Like, you know, they they became like the stadium band after this album, after this song, and like you'd hear this on like in montages to football, you know, just in general day to day life. And and they weren't going to record it on they they didn't like it, and the manager forced them to record it, which happens again and again and again. You hear these tales of these bands who like for oh, it's a big side, and it's like their best ever song of all time. But yeah, to me, it's it's yeah, it's quite loud. And it's like a roller coaster. It's literally, it goes up and up and up and up and up, and then suddenly it goes the best, the best, the best, and then you know it, it falls down and everyone goes fucking ape shit. So I think I think he's at the top of his register because there's, there's so much passion to his voice on this track that he just gives it all. You know. It's got it's got like about a billion guitars in it and it's slamming drums and yeah I think yeah I think after Everlong I think this is their second best song for me agree thank you very much but moving on to what a there was a a big like poll and this next song was actually voted the most popular Free Fighter song of of all time and that is this one Jen my hero which uh yeah to be fair those three songs I I don't think I could actually choose between them. 
My Hero just, I think it's very emotional for a lot of people. It must just get put on the ends of, like, you know, like emotional, like, documentaries and just things. Mm-hmm. I feel like you hear it throughout life. And when you look at the lyrics of, of Best of You and My Hero, they, they are quite sort of relatable and uh, emotional. And and even though you might think it, it doesn't sound that great, the, the actual... I guess the 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 writing behind it, I, I think is is, you know, is quite raw, um, and I guess that's one of the reasons people connect so well with the Foo Fighters. Did you see Taylor's son play this at the tribute? Yes, yeah. and again, one of those emotional moments mm. where there was a lot of tears from a lot of people, um, but I just couldn't help think if he played like that for an entire concert, he'd be absolutely knackered, wouldn't he? <laughs> people, people are saying, oh, he needs to take over from his dad's. Like, yeah, he's like 14 or 15. Give him a little bit to, to warm up. Yeah. yeah, give him a chance. Yeah, yeah. But oh, he's had the absolute energy, didn't he? I just thought, I, was like, I don't think I could play a gig like that. I'd, I'd be, yeah, I'd be absolutely knackered. Have you attempted the drums on this song? Yes. I did it um, at a friend's 50th. Oh, really? Um, recently, I, we, we put a little little band together and, and that was one of the songs and I was like really <laughs> and it was on an electric <laughs> drum kit as well and I was like oh no but um I pulled it off I'm not sure I, I, I did it entirely correctly but you know it worked nobody could tell the difference. Babs have you uh pulled off your last of my hero? <laughs> I've, not, I've not tried so I actually I thought I didn't know this song oh, really? and then it got to the chorus and I was like oh it's 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 the hero song and I have to say um I loved the verses. Uh, maybe it was just the novelty because this was the first song that I thought I didn't know. But the chorus, yeah, I just, I wrote that I'm bored. I'm sorry, guys, but just, no, 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 no. There's there's something between like whining and screaming. I, I do think a lot of it is Dave Grohl's voice because I really felt when I was listening to to the Vida playlist, I was like, it's not a million miles away from the Foo Fighters sound, so I don't, I like it. And here I wrote, oh, I think the reason I like it is the pixie sounding mm. bass and guitar right at the beginning. And I think if this was also Gil Norton, then uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. But Jenny, I can tell, I, I think Dave Grohl does come across as like an everyman rock god type thing. And when you read about the lyrics, you said, yeah, he wrote it because he felt that he didn't have any rock star role models growing up and actually realized you don't need to, have those you just should look up to everyday people you don't have to be rich or famous to do something good or heroic it's a very nice sentiment mm-hmm. see I, I remember like monkey wrench and evelon being the big singles from this album i don't remember this as as a single at all but like it's a, definitely a live favorite and um they he wrote this first off the album and uh the bassist nate knew that the free fights had a, had a future right i mean yeah it's, it's it's very melodic isn't it i can i can instantly hear why babs would not be a big fan of it yes unfortunately jen i'm the opposite to you i'm like and and if it's too melodic i'm like oh <laughs> so uh yeah. i can sing along with it far too easily <laughs> no exactly <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, but I do like pop. It's this weird thing of uh, mm. I'm, I'm much. I have much more issues with melod- melodic sounding rock than any pop. I don't know why. Send me a rock therapist, guys, please. I would like to find out. But yeah, no, but the drums and the chorus, the it just it just elevates it, and yeah, it's 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 just a stunning track. Although I will say that like, people say that um, the color and the shape is like the classic Free Fighters album, but I would say that it's top heavy with singles, and apart from the singles. It's not. I wouldn't say it's the best album. I would, for me, I reckon the third album is my favourite album by the Free Fighters. Um, but we haven't got any songs from the third album. But we have. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, they've, they've done what nine albums, isn't it now? And so many different band members. I think they've now got six. Well, apart from they had six in the band, but they don't anymore. Unfortunately, they only have five members, and I don't know if they are going to replace Taylor with anyone. Yeah. Um, what is your fourth pick, Jen? It's Rope from um, arguably their last decent album, which was Wasting Light. Mm-hmm. This album is like, I think, drumming-wise, like my favourite album. I know, like you say, My Hero and things like that. Obviously, they've all got fantastic drums in them. But Wasting Light, for me, the, the, the drums on Rope are just... They're just they're not necessarily like as rocky. The ride, like, ding da 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 It's a bit... It's just actually a little bit different to normal. This album, I feel like, is is them pushing a slightly different sound, but I still really liked it. And then, like you say, after that, that after that album, it sort of has gone probably quite mainstream rock, and yeah. maybe that's why I, I haven't really 
listen to much after that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, they have become a bit of a dad rock band since then, I think, really. I, I, obviously, not many dad rock bands make horror films, um, so they did. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see Taylor go out on a high. But um, Babs, did you know the song? I did not know the song, and I actually kind of enjoyed the song. I, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you, Jen. They're doing they're doing something a bit different. The way it starts, it's much more staccato, and I was like, oh, okay. It sounds a bit. It does sound a bit Queens of the Stone Age. E, I thought. Um, I don't know if it was the harmonization or, or something, but uh, I I did get that. I didn't even mind the guitar solo. I would say where it does let itself down is the chorus a little bit, but I think the rest of the song is good enough that I'm like, I don't. The chorus isn't that long. I can hear the a bit more. That's absolutely fine. Uh, so, so yeah, I think probably tied with uh, with Everlong as uh, as my favorite because you know Everlong isn't too bad. I think I just have bad associations with the <laughs> the people who introduced me to it. Well, this album is the closest you're going to get to. Never mind Babs because uh, Butch mm. Vig. Butch Vig, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they moved it to his garage. Um, I think it's already also filmed that the, the horror film Studio Sixty Six. Um, and Pat Smear, mm. ex Nirvana, he came back. Mm-hmm. And he's been back since. Although, like. I can't hear three guitars on this track. I don't. I don't really know what Pat actually plays in a lot of this track. To be fair, could he be, you know, the Ed O'Brien where it's like he's just doing something, he, he something a little in the background? It's, it's a bit of an effect. <laughs> they recorded on analog um, to go completely old school, but like, there's like a drum solo, and it's quite rare to hear a drum solo on a single. You don't really hear it's that. A great solo as well. Uh, this, this, um, the production of this. That you say they went completely analog with the mm, production mm. of this, and I that was one of the reasons I thought oh, I'm going to give this a good listen, and it it you know it sounded class. And I remember seeing an interview about them putting the drums in a room and then recording it at the end of the corridor or something like that at the end of the to get like that different sound and the, yeah, just uh, things like that. As a sound engineer, I, I I'm dead interested, so it's probably one of the reasons I liked this album as well. As as Jen said, if, if this is probably the last decent um, Foo Fighters album, and yeah, they went back to the the more '90s aggressive track. There's, there's, there's quite like you know like shouty short sort of tracks in there. I think the album before they sort of meandered with a bit more acoustics and different sort of soundscapes, and this was back to like proper like you know alternative rock card edgy Foo Fighters yeah since here like I'm not a big fan of things like the skies and neighborhood it's a bit too fat and slow for me to be fair I don't think I've even listened to it I think I sort of <laughs> just assumed that everything after that just was a bit bleh and just I haven't heard any singles that I thought I want to go and listen to the album so I just haven't and yeah I think like yeah I saw this um, album tour so I've not seen him for like 12 years. So I don't know if they still push the new music or if they're still playing like the still old school songs. But um, um, also the chorus to me sounds a little bit like this is a cool. It's got a similar sort of like melody to it. But that's slow down. That's what I think. But I'm here, my am I? But what's your... But what's your last track, Jen? My last track is Home, which is just like a really pretty piano-y song. I guess, um, completely different to a lot of their other stuff. Um, and just, yeah, it just chills my soul a little bit when I hear it. Did you get into Foo Fighters kind of with their music as it was coming out or was it, you know, someone... Probably uh, a bit later. A bit later, yeah. When I was like teenage years, I think, was oh. when. So I might have even not really listened to early, early albums until more recently um, mm-hmm. because I just heard stuff that I guess had come out in the 2000s mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. and then did sort of go back to the likes of like the monkey wrench side of things and and listen um yeah my I'm sure my age I wanna I mean again you're younger than both of us so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I was just curious because yeah as I was saying like I I like basically the singles and some of, well actually not this one of the singles and a few of the songs from the one by one album because that was my that was my introduction to Foo Fighters I would have been yeah 13 14 and that's when I really started getting into rock um but yeah is that an album that you like or is that a bit lower down in your list um probably a little bit lower down not that I don't like it just again I think a lot of my um, musical tastes is is like does tend to be quite nostalgic and I, I related to to when I was somewhere or who I was listening listening it with and obviously 
because that was maybe a bit before. Mm-hmm. I just haven't really related to it as as much. So yeah, I mean, I'd say I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah, I can see why people liked the first one most because it's it's probably the rawest and yeah. Because mm-hmm. Fran, I'm guessing for you, it was the earlier music videos that you saw on rotation, like like Everlong and um, Learning to Fly and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like they were literally were non-stop on MTV. But I guess you know, mm-hmm. in the late '90s, that was like how everyone heard the music was the music video. Or, yeah. or radio, so that's why, that's why they spent so much time on, on the music videos because, like, music videos were like the main They're way great. you would discover like bands, you know. And yeah, I mean, if, if you've not seen the Free Fighters music videos, check them out because yeah. they have a fucking laugh. Yeah, all, all my life, a bit less than so I feel like I've seen Dave screaming into a microphone a lot. <laughs> um, and then when I discovered the other ones, I was like, oh wow, okay, this is this is very different. But, but even, um, even recently, I think like. They did a song called Run, and, and in the video, they're all like 80 years old in the game. So, you know, they're still trying to, to, to have a laugh. But um... yeah, It's funny because they are a band with a sense of humour, but I don't think that comes across very much in the songs. I guess it is a bit more earnest, I suppose. Well, yeah, he, I think he says, like, you know, he takes the music really seriously, but, like, the, the video is a fucking commercial. So why not have a laugh? I think like I watched the Everlong video for the first time. The the thing that made me laugh the most was when he's fantasizing about the woman having his legs over him. But it turns out he's holding up a pile of sticks and one of the sticks has high heels. (laughs) That really, that really tickled me. Um, But with Home, um, I I didn't see the music video. I I don't know if there is one, but Uh, it's um, an album track, I think. It's an album track, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it started and I thought, oh no, a ballad. <laughs> and that's pretty much how I felt about the song. I wrote that this feels like the kind of song that would be played during a sad montage of dead US soldiers. <laughs> like, <laughs> really, you know, just like, oh. I was intrigued to see, I was looking at what else it's soundtrack. It's soundtrack the Shaun the Sheep movie, of which <laughs> is not the obvious choice. I would say Dave's a big fan to... of uh, Sean and Sheep, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I could I could see that crossover. I could see like little mini Foo Fighters coming in. Yeah, I mean, he's got kids, so he knows. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, def- definitely my least favorite on um, on the playlist. I must have heard it because I was working at HMV in 2008, but I have no recollection of... So, like, the album before, they did a two-disc version um, in your honour. One was, like, the rock songs and one was the acoustic songs. And I remember not being a big fan of the acoustic album. And I think for this album, they, like, basically blended the acoustic and the rock together um, for Echo, Silence, Patience and Grace. But, um, yeah, so I had to give us a few listens because I knew the others instantly... And reading the YouTube um, comments, like a lot of people like emotionally uh, connect to a song and a lot of people say that, you know, when my dad died or when my brother died, I put on this song. So, you know, it, it obviously means something to a lot of the fans. And yeah, and it's nice to hear for different elements like strings and stuff you don't tend to hear in a Foo Fighters song. Um, but I mean, he says like, what is good about Dave Grohl is he's never tried to, to act too cool. Like he will say that he likes, you know, wings and like you know, kind of like people would, would describe this naff bands, but he's and I, I can hear like his Neil Young, um, love and the Wings and the Eagles in a sort of sort of music, which is nice. And like a lot of people into punk rock will sort of say, "Oh no, I just like the Sex Pistols onwards," and won't mention that they're like you know a nineteen seventies disco record or ABBA. Mm-hmm. You know? But he's also quite open to say he fucking loves music and doesn't care. This is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've heard these five songs. Um, but shall I ask you the question that do you think the Foo Fighters are over or underrated? Unfortunately, I do still think they're overrated because the songs, with the exception of Rope, um, Rope was was a, a nice introduction. The other three songs that I knew I didn't particularly like, Everlong, you know, maybe a bit more. But yeah, Jen, I always look at the Spotify stats for like how many monthly listeners a band has. So Foo Fighters have... 19 million monthly listeners which makes them 285th in the world i actually thought they would have been a little bit higher but yeah who knows uh why, why it's not so much but yeah h- how about you fran what do you think are the free fighters overrated um free fighters from 1995 to 2005 are not overrated um if you're looking at the free fighters from the last 10 15 years maybe but you know watching that taylor hawkins tribute concert it did remind me of like they are a really great band, you know. <laughs> you know, I'd love to be on stage with, with Dave Grohl. He, he does. I know it's cliche to say that he's a really nice guy, but he does come across like you know, earnestly a big fan of music, and he does you know, big up a lot of new new acts. And uh, yeah, and although he did you know, 
he may have mistreated his former drummer a little bit. <laughs> but apart mm. from that, yeah, apart from that, no, I don't think the Foo Fighters are at all overrated. Once again, in the minority. But it means you win, Jen. So, uh... <laughs> Do you listen to albums start to finish? Do you love concept albums? Are you always the first one at a party to bring up King Gizzard? Say no more. The Album Concept Hour podcast has everything you need. We have hot takes. It's like know. Voltron. <laughs> it's just like Voltron. Ah. It's like Voltron with jazz. This is, this is emo. This yeah. is uh, this is Willie Nelson's emo trip. Bad improv attempts. That was that was. <laughs> Let's all British. do our best Aussie accent. Let's not. Let's alienate all the Australians. <laughs> and sometimes we even learn something. As they listened again and again to the song in the control room, Axel started saying, where do we go? Where do we go now? Where do we go? Shut up. Spencer turned down the music and said, why don't you just try singing that? And thus the last part (laughs) of the song was born. Listen to the album Concept Hour wherever you listen to podcasts. Underrated. Okay. We're back in part two, and this time we're talking about Jen's underrated pick, Feeder. So, Jen, you gave a bit of an introduction before on why you think Feeder are, are underrated. So, yeah, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Uh, yeah. So, I, I did a similar thing to what you said, where you check the the stats. Mm. So, I was thinking what what bands are uh, sort of similar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And basically, I think I looked and Feeder's stats were like absolutely rubbish. Um, and when they were rubbish, I was like, that makes no sense to me because they're, you know, I feel like they should be as big as the foos in terms of monthly listeners, but they weren't. And I was like, oh, that was a bit disappointing, I suppose. Yeah, I saw those numbers. They have just over 750,000 monthly listeners. I thought it would have been more, especially given how long they've been going, 20, yeah. over 25 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was really glad that you picked Feeder. So they're one of those bands where I have to say, I haven't really gone much beyond Echo Park and Comfort and Sound, but I really like those albums. And I think, you know, we talked about the loud, quiet. I think they seem to straddle both much more effortlessly than a lot of other similar bands. Like I, I of course, would, would prefer them to, to Foo Fighters. But yeah, it hadn't really crossed my mind how they'd been going for so long, like, I saw them grouped as like a Britpop band, which I thought was so strange because they they have a much heavier rock sound, but it's because they were formed in 94. You know, they released their album in 97. So while they may not be Britpop in sound, it's definitely of the the same era. And yeah, it was just really fun to read about them as a band. So, you know, I was reading about Takahirose, who's the bassist and how like he was a graphic designer at a newspaper and had to be like convinced to join the band. His wife had to like convince him with the band to join. He was like, oh, okay, I suppose I'll... I'll, I'll leave my, my well-paid job. And um, I don't know if you follow Grant Nicholas on social media, Jen, but um, he has a beautiful cat called Bamboo Cat, and I very much enjoy him posting about it, and I do follow that cat's Instagram as well. I love following animal Instagrams. They're the best. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Uh, but yeah, 11 albums. They've spent 184 weeks on the singles and album charts as of 2019. They had 25 top 75 singles between 97 and 2012. So, you know, there's some longevity and some success, but given the kind of music that they make, you would think they would be a bigger band. I do agree. Yeah, definitely. So like, I remember like, them being like, compared to like Smashing Pumpkins, they were mm. nothing like the band. They sort of became big in the early noughties. Um, I think, yeah, also they're kind of like, they're in their 30s when they kind of like hit big as well. Like they've been going around since like the early 90s. So I, I, I felt mm-hmm. like you know, it took it took a time, and they're like they're linked to like bands like Terrorvision and Idlewild, <laughs> but nothing like how they end up. I remember loving Just a Day video and being really really jealous of all the people in the video. It wasn't me. Yeah. They kind of, after um, John Lee committed suicide, they kind of changed the sound a little bit, and I I think that they never really went back to that sort of like uh, Echo Park sounds until a lot later. So, uh, Jen, what's your first pick from the playlist? So, Always 18 by um, on the Silent Cry album, and that's actually probably the first album that I actually listened to from Feeder. Again, that was like my teenage years. Mm. I'd obviously heard Buck Rogers, um, but anything before that I wasn't really that aware of. But that entire album I really, really loved. 
and that's my favourite song. And then when I have listened back, um, just like what Fran said, like the the earlier stuff, it, I think it goes back to more of their earlier stuff. Whereas they did have that sort of lull where they were a bit, I don't know, poppy maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just as an album, I really love it. But that's my favourite song. I can't even tell you why. It just is. <laughs> does um does the rest of the album kind of sound like the song or is this a bit of an exception no the, the i'd say i'd say it's a good representation of of the the album there is obviously some songs that are a little bit different because otherwise you know it would be a pretty boring album um but yeah general sound i would say is, is very similar fran what did you think i didn't know this song i knew the album but I, for some reason this passing by i think with feeder they released a best of in 2006 yeah, so I think to a lot of people in my generation, that's where Feed ends ended there. <laughs> that was like a full stop. Uh, it's also their best-selling album. I think album. after Echo Park, they did sort of like bleed into the Embrace, Oasis, No Patrol kind of sound a little bit too much for me. They weren't the edgy sort of, well not edgy, but they weren't like the, the punkier sort of fun band before. I love the opening chords to the song. Um, I love the semi-pause before he hits the chorus, although lots of bands do that just to give it a little extra punch. Um, I guess the song is about regrets or an ex, maybe? I did not look at the lyrics, Did you? I dabble with the lyrics. I don't, I don't go in hard. I don't go in. <laughs> but it's, it's, got the, it's got the ooh bits, which obviously people love to sing along to for fans. I don't know if that's, what, if that's you know, a cynical thing for Grant to do. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I can't believe I forgot about this track. Um, yeah, it's a decent one. I didn't know this track. I don't like. I said I, I haven't really heard much beyond comfort and sound. And it's really funny that you say that um, when they went into that embrace sound, they went. It was a bit too much. Like, what like was it a bit too melodic? A bit too poppy for you? It just wasn't. Um, it was, yeah. wasn't the band. Well, I mean, it's hard to force a band to be that one sound. But like the sound mm. that I like was Echo Park and Insomnia, and it just seemed like mm-hmm. because the the um the post John album was a bit more you know emotional and it was a big hit that they obviously it, he thought mm-hmm. oh, okay well this is what people like so i might go down that direction it's a bit like travis like travis's mm-hmm. first album is quite bouncy but then because it had I've not heard it, it, okay. it was more like Britpop. but then because you know why is it always raining me etc we were such massive hits and obviously fran thought okay mm-hmm. well this is what people want so we go down, down that mm-hmm. direction i think that might have to feed it and it took them a while to to you know to to get back to the original sound from the, the late 90s for me yeah, so this was, I think, the only song I didn't know from from Jen's playlist. And yeah, this is why I'm, I'm asking questions, because for me, this sounds a little bit like watered down feeder, like someone told them that they had to incorporate synths, and they did it a bit half-heartedly. But I will say, I did much prefer it on re-listening. I think it, it, it's that thing, isn't it, when you're expecting a certain... I was either expecting Echo Park or Comfort and Sound, or this was something a little bit different. So when I got over that, and I got over myself, and I went to listen to it again, I did um, <laughs> prefer it on a second listen. And unlike, you know, many Foo Fighters songs, like I said I I really like the chorus here more than the the woo woos in the intro. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the woo woos generally in feeder songs. I prefer choke or something else. You know, <laughs> I did I did enjoy it. So moving on to I guess the the big hit, or as Jen says, you know, their only hit to some people. Well, Book Rogers. You can't deny it's not a great song, um, although <laughs> maybe maybe you will, Babs. No, no, <laughs> but... I love it. Oh, <laughs> I can great. tell you now, I love it, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those songs that, you know, you're on a night out or somebody puts it on or a band starts to play it and it just goes off it um, and everybody tries to do the play it, play it, play it forever and it just, obviously, you, you can't do it. Yeah, it's just great. What, what's not to love? Do you reckon he regrets using the word CD player? Because that's going to date it massively. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> what's part of the charm, though. <laughs> Do you know this is, this is produced by uh, Gil Norton? I had noticed, yes. As in the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Um, he wrote this for another band. That's why the looks are so throwaway. Because he thought, oh, no, I just say anything. I'm not going to use it. And then they rejected it. So he then thought, okay, I'll, I'll make it into like a B-side. And then I think either his manager or producer heard it. I said, no, 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 that's going to be a single. And then they wanted to change the, the the title from Buck Rogers because they thought, what the fuck does this even mean? But I didn't know that he, you do actually hear the word Buck Rogers in the chorus. Yeah, at the end of the chorus, it has like a guitar going, wheel, wheel. Oh, yeah, and the yeah, background goes, Buck Rogers. There you go. 
there you go. So yeah. it makes sense. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, b- back in back in two thousand and one, um, before we ever had Google on the phone, people would argue whether he says lemon or leaven. Drink cider from leaven? drink cider from a lemon, or is it drink cider from a leaven? Which apparently is some sort of cup. Eleven. That was that that was that was big and radio one back in two thousand and one. For me, <laughs> it's got great climbing melody, great chorus, great crunchy guitars, and Grant absolutely fucking hates it, and he hates playing it, but he knows he has to. A bit like REM of showing happy people. Well, I, I read that, yeah, he wasn't keen on it, but then has acknowledged that there probably wouldn't be the longevity of the band without it, right? Maybe, maybe. So, um, so Babs, yeah. did you dance in, in indie clubs to this back in the 80s? Um, so, in what well, scene 2001, I was a bit too young. I was, uh, I would have been 13, 14. I'm trying to think if, you know, the the indie clubs I went to later played it. I don't think enough, to be honest, because, yeah, it, it might be overplayed as in it might be the song that is very often used to represent feeder. Uh, but I don't care because it's bloody catchy and fun. I really like the way it builds. I like the way the repetition fades out, you know, that it's CD play and then, you know, it slows it down. I hadn't really thought about how in the chorus there's, there's that kind of distort sound. It goes, Wing! and it's kind of turns it up and stays there. And it's kind of like, we are not letting up. Like you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, you know, feeling the energy the, the whole time. I think they all look absolutely fit in the music video. I haven't talked about that yet, but they are a fit band. Uh, I have comments on Grant's hair in different music videos, like great, great stuff. And um, this, they've still got it. I was uh, watching a, an interview with him and Taka in um, like the Virgin Radio celebrating 25 years. Um, but the music video is weird. Mm. I hadn't seen really? it. Why is there an elephant spaceship? Oh, and why, did, why is he drinking milkshakes? There's many questions. So many questions. And I mean, it, it, Taki was a, a graphic designer, so I was like, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe we just have different tastes, me, me and Taki. Um, and I thought it was interesting that on YouTube someone had commented, oh, this song never made waves in the USA, but I always thought if a band like Sum 41 or Blink-182 had released it, it would have done really well. It has that early 2000s pop punk sound down to a T. And I was like, pop punk? I was like, not, not quite. But it's interesting that I guess yeah, it w- it would maybe be classified like quite simplistically classified under that, and it did make me think like, is it because they do have a heavy sound, but it isn't so easily comparable to those other bands that they maybe didn't make it as big? I guess actually. in two thousand one, you had to have like some someone doing some DJing in the background to be uh, to be big in America. Do you know that yeah, they, they toured America hard in like nineteen ninety seven with the song High? No, well, no, I know I didn't know that, but um, but that makes sense. Because yeah. I think I think they had high was in like a, one of those like late nineties teen movies. So on the back of that, they went for it, but yeah, it it, it went nowhere. So I, I, they even said in a, in a documentary what's that? You know, they felt like they were up against all of the American rock bands, and the only rock band in mm. two thousand one were like U two. So it was quite rare yeah. to have a top five hit and being like a, a British rock band because you know I guess mm-hmm. by then the whole Britpop thing had ended and the whole mid uh, noughties indie wave hadn't happened yet because the Strokes weren't around. But um, yeah. Quality song. So, what's your next pick, Jen? Feeling a moment, which is just a really like pretty song. I know it's obviously still feeder. When you look at the lyrics, I can see why people relate to it. Um, and generally, as a song, it's just melodically, I I really like it. Are you a fan of like the 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 ghost backing vocals they had during it? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally like with feeder that the the production, like uh, like Babs, you'd said earlier about the it not being like right in your face, is sort of sat back a bit, and I I, I generally like that as a production and and yeah the the backing vocal side of things as well. Um, yeah, don't ask me. I'm a sound engineer, but don't ask me anything technical because I'll show myself. <laughs> I can myself, tell you, but he also did this in analog because he thought that like the new metal sounded too clean on digital, and he wanted to have a bit more, you know. Real, well, he's, I guess he said realism to the to the sound, a bit more crunch rather than yeah. the, the clean Lincoln Park approach. Um, Babs, do you remember yeah. this? Yeah. So I thought I didn't, but then it started, and I was like, ah, yes, that one. I think Grant has great hair in this music video. It's got a bit longer blonde <laughs> hair, and this one it's shorter and blonde than the other you, one. Thank, I will thank say you, priorities. Thank, thank you for remembering <laughs> to add the hair. Thank you. Oh, the next one I'm going to tell you about the hair as well. The last one I can't because uh, he's not in the music video, but. I'm not, yeah, this is a bit too much on the edge of melodic for me, especially the, 
it sounds it sounds a bit like the direction that Coldplay also went in that I started disliking because I quite liked early Coldplay, even though it was quieter and a bit more melodic, but there's something a bit more, I'm going to say, sweeping. Mm -hmm. I really, again, don't ask me to use other adjectives apart from melodic. I'm not very good at that. But this was, yeah, probably my least favourite of the of the list. This was used in those like football montages during that time. I believe it was like, I, I can't not hear this without seeing someone scoring an overhead kick in slow motion or something. Yeah, <laughs> it, I guess it's more restrained. It's got like extra keyboards and stuff and it's got the backing vocals. Yeah, I think I do prefer Feeder a little bit more stripped back um, than the, the bombastic sort of like arena show. I have seen Feeder live. Um, they are pretty pretty great. But you're a Skunk and Nancy fan, Babs, are you, are you not? I am, but, but a more recent uh, okay, one since so... I read uh, Skin's book. So I know that Mark Richardson was the drummer for a while. But yeah, it's, it's not one of my favourites. But um, moving on to, I guess, one of our other big hits. Just the way I'm feeling. Just the way I'm feeling. They like just, they like feeling in their song titles. And it has feeling. <laughs> yeah, it does have feeling. And it, and again, like, I can't describe it. I guess it's, for me, it's when you hear it, you're like, yeah, that's that song. And the, and the lyrics, again, it's about the way they're feeling. <laughs> um, which is lovely, <laughs> and people can relate to it. I, I like the re repetition at the end. Um, you feel it in yourself as well as in the song, right? Like, uh, well, yeah. yeah, it's just relatable, isn't it? And mm -hmm. but it's also just a catchy song. So, and again, it's one of those ones where if you said to me, "Oh, do you know this song?" I'd go play it, and then I'd be like, "Oh, of course I do." You know, it's just one of those songs that I guess is probably being played on radio so much that you know it without realizing. Do you know, I kind of had that feeling with the music video because um, I thought I couldn't remember the music video. And the first image is just him strumming on the guitar and then it immediately came back. And I was like, oh God, like, yeah, of course, this song linked to this music video. And it was just re a real kind of buried memory. Fran, are you feeling it? Um, so I would think of like Wonderwall with the opening chords. So, so I, me too. And I had not thought about it at all until listening to it yesterday. Like, it sounds exactly it like Wonderwall, even the strings. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, so this is Feeder's Wonderwall. Um, but although he says yeah. that this is him trying to write a John Lennon song, which is why it's slightly different. Well, I mean... So, yeah, so when John died, he went into the studio by himself and just got into music. So I guess this is why, you know, there's a lot of feeling on this album, I, 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 I presume. Mm -hmm. I mean, it must be horrendous. Like, what, what do you do after you, your best mates just die? Do you create or do you mm -hmm. just... Dive into dive into music, and he said that he felt quite selfish to to be making music about him. But he thought, you know, mm. he can't not because if he if he um waited, he might have a breakdown. So he just dived back into into music. One of the best songs. I remember, like Chris Moyle said, it's the best song of the year. So I thought it was a bit too much. But um, yeah, if you see them live, people go ape shit for Buck Rogers and Just Around Feelings even today. So it's it's you know it's, it still lingers on as a, a classic. This this normally is so not my kind of music, but I love this song, and yeah, I, I wanted to agree with you, Fran, that it must be so it must be so weird for what happened to happen, but then your album in response to that be really successful. Mm. You must you must have such conflicting emotions. It makes me think of you know when comedians you know something bad happens to them, and they're like, well, at least I can make material out of it. And I wanted to say that I think again I didn't realize that's why I like it. The way that it builds, and then there's the chorus, and then there's this kind of shouting voice going no, ah, no ah, in the background. I really like that, like with Buck Rogers, and I'm like, this is this is a new thing that I didn't realize that I I liked. There's an amazing tambourine, which is not something I would normally say. So I don't know why I felt the need to make the sound of the tambourine to convince you. I feel like it's good. And I wanted to say that it reminds me of a French band called Kyo who had an album called Le Chemin from 2001, so same era, which is maybe a bit more emo, his voice a bit more emotional, but if you like Feeder, uh, you will like that. I wanted to say that Grant's hair here is now brown, but he's still got some blonde tips, he's still looking good. And <laughs> um, yeah, Chris Moore said it was the best song of the year. Uh, YouTuber said that it was the most underrated song of the last 30 years, so <laughs> people feel strongly about this. Um, and yeah, despite it sounding like Wonderwall, the song I don't particularly like from a band I don't particularly like, this I, I can get on board with, with Feeder. They they construct it much better. So, to finish, Jeff. Just a day. So another one with the just in the title. But yeah, it's just the the guitars. Like it just straight away, it's just catchy, isn't it? Um, and it's a little bit more 
like I guess indie rocky than the the pop ones that came a little bit later. Um, so it's more early days, I guess, more of a book. I think the uh, the writers uh, on the second album, and then he dismissed it, and then he put it out as a B side. He, he was then forced to bring out another single. So he thought, okay, I use that song that I use as a B side. But for me, this is the best song. I absolutely love this, and I remember having it from repeat. Um, I think I had it downloaded from Napster, and uh, <laughs> and obviously the music video is a massive part of it where they ask the fans to recreate the song so i mean did this um create tiktok because this literally is <laughs> i was i was thinking that when i was watching it actually and yeah. babs showed me that in 2020 um they got the fans to recreate the video again didn't they yeah they did is it people yeah. from, from the original or is it brandy people uh, so you, you you can see in the music video two of them are from the original because they showed them in the new video with the where they feature in the original and Jen, I thank you for kind of achieving. So I sobbed my heart out last night watching that second music video. It just touched me in a way that I was like, whoa. <laughs> I think just seeing the kind of, because there was um, one one section of the video is like these these two guys. And then in, in the new one, it's a guy and his child. Uh... You know, he's now like an adult with a kid. And in another one, it's a young girl, a young blonde girl playing guitar. And in the new video, she's an adult. I think as someone with like a mom who was into the same music as I was, who died quite young, I was just like, oh time music bonding uh so thank you for making me cry jen but in a good way <laughs> you are very welcome anytime do you know because this is a single mm. and isn't on the usual albums i i had kind of forgotten about it and that it was feeder so i really loved listening to it again and i think this was a song jen where i was like this absolutely could be a three fighter song this is exactly the same kind of mm. sound that they have but you know why what elevates it and as well as I think Grant's voice being lower in the mix. I, I, I realize I'm talking to a sound engineer. Anytime I say anything about music, I'm like double track. I, I have no idea what I'm saying, so please correct me. <laughs> um, but uh, I like how he harmonizes with himself. And I think I hadn't realized how good his voice was and how much of a range he had. That's what the play, playlist showcased as well. And here, I think they do loud, quiet much better. Uh, and I absolutely love when there's that pause. And especially in the music video as well, when everyone stops. I also really like, and I'd not really thought about this, but the lines from the first verse are used in the chorus harmonies, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is not something you, you normally see. I, I, I really like that. Um, and uh, and as as mentioned, cried cried my eyes out at like 10 p.m. on my sofa last night with the the nostalgia for the early noughties and uh, how music brings people together. So so yeah, thank you, Jen. <laughs> An unexpected turn for for Fida. Mm. As as I said at the beginning, it, it does it is amazing how long they've lasted with the with the two original members, given the trauma that they went through. Like they must be super, super, super close. I always find that so interesting because yeah, like, <laughs> like how can you put up with someone for that long and not go mad? So so I asked the question, Babs, are feeder over or underrated? I totally agree with you on this one, Jen. I think they are underrated. Um it was funny when you said like, oh, they're mostly known for Buck Rogers, because to me, not at all. To me, the the comfort and sound era, I definitely felt that was reasonably known. But Fran and I recently recorded an episode about the band, the music, and we we were both we both thought they were much bigger than they were. When we went to look at the kind of chart listings and stuff like that, we're like, oh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. They, it's just they were big in our minds or like we watched the channels where the music videos, music videos played. So I wonder if that's the case as well with Feeder where like, you know, they're not totally unknown, but I would have thought they would have had more fans. I would have thought that people would know them for, yeah, maybe a bit more than just a day and high and Buck Rogers. But um, I really need to break out of the albums that I... That I originally listened to for sure. It's weird why they couldn't continue being successful because, like I said, you know, up until the best of, they were seen to me as like one of one of the biggest rock bands in 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 the UK. And then, like when they brought out that that like, the album two thousand and eight, like no one seemed to care. And like sometimes in in mm -hmm. Britain, it's like, oh no, they've had their time, their time now. And it's like to some people, like the best of was like a full stop, and like they didn't want to know mm -hmm. anything after that. And I don't think I know anyone mm -hmm. who has listened to Feeder in the past fifteen years. And every time I do see them at a festival, it's like people literally only want to hear songs up until two thousand and five. Then no one really gives a shit. So I do I do feel sorry for them. You know, maybe if they had some other songs like Just Today later on in their career, they could have sparked some more radio hits. But yeah, I also think that yeah, listening to this playlist again and 
watching the documentary and reunite myself with the songs, I do think, yeah, they are underrated. Why are they not as popular as so many of other bands from that era? Mm-hmm. I think I was so surprised to read that they got inducted into the Kerrang Hall of Fame in 2019. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I guess they did have a heavier sound. But I, I do wonder if that's a part of it of just, yeah, e- either you want the heavy rock sound or comfort and sound and, not, you know, nothing else that you do is going to be satisfactory. But um, yeah, I, 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 I see them like playing download festival thinking, is that really like where they belong? But there you go. Um, so thank you, Jen, for giving us your playlists. And I hear that you have a new release coming out this month. Yeah, so I've got my um, a single out from my debut EP. So the single is out on the 7th of April. That's called Over You. And then the EP is out in June, on the 30th of June. That's called Less Than a Feeling. Um, and I'm ah, trying feeling. to get a connection. <laughs> ah, see? <laughs> see what you did there. I'm underrated. <laughs> see what I've done. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm trying to get it on vinyl. Mm-hmm. That's the the hard thing at the moment is trying to get 100 pre-orders um, before it runs, basically. So I have to get 100 unfortunate people to pre-order my music. Um, that's that's obviously proven quite difficult, but. You know, we'll get there, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Have you done any any other physical releases, like on CD or to always at Dust Vinyl these days? No, this oh, is okay. my first physical release. So on the vinyl, it has the debut EP on the A side, but the B side is all my previous releases remastered and put on the vinyl. So everything that I've done is is on one lovely blue translucent disc. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, we'll obviously mention it in the introduction, Jen, but we haven't talked yet about how... You're a sound engineer, but you're also a musician, right? So, yeah, tell tell us a bit more about that and how long you've been making music and what it sounds like. Yeah, so um, I started playing drums when I was like 11. Um, did drums until probably until I was about 21, that sort of thing. Um, was very lucky to play in a band with a guy called Corey Bowen. We recorded at Abbey Road, played Green Man Festival, like really mm. fantastic time in my life and then I got a real job um <laughs> and I had to had to quit um and anyway Corey's band it didn't actually go anywhere after that but when it came to the lockdown I was like living on my own I was furloughed I thought what can I do I'm just gonna buy up buy all my gear back that I sold thinking I was an adult and I didn't need it anymore um and yeah just bought a load of gear and started writing and recording and producing in my bedroom again and it just went from there. And yeah, it's obviously been about three years now. Um, and it's been a journey, but I'm loving it. That's amazing to hear because I think so many people had, understandably, such writer's block and it was so difficult for them. It's really nice that you you felt inspired to make music again. And that, yeah, now that we're kind of in more normal times that you're, that you're still doing it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I know a lot of people obviously had a very, very difficult time in COVID, but for me, yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, being mm-hmm. on your own for like four months, staring at a wall. Um, but it meant that it gave me the opportunity to to start doing something that is now a massive part of my life. Um, so I'm I'm in ways thankful for it, though I do wish it could have happened in a different way. But you know, it is what it is. Do you remember your first gig back after COVID? Well, it was my first oh, wow. ever gig. <laughs> so, um. I Whoa. yeah so I was like intense. right this is the year I'm going to go and do gigs and do like covers and stuff and then lockdown came and I thought oh, oh well right I, I finally got the courage to go and play some covers in front of people and you've told me I'm not allowed to leave the house so my first gig um essentially was playing my own songs which was quite terrifying and then throughout that year I managed to get a few different gigs doing covers and things like outside bars and stuff in the summer um and then yeah it just sort of went from there i guess but yeah first gig back was my first gig so it was a bit scary and what's your next gig stockton calling on the 8th of april um is a big one like people like sam fender have played there um in the early days so it's great for emerging artists so that's that's fantastic uh believe it or not it's in stockton um in teesside and um, and I've got a couple of other sort of local festivals, but I am looking to try and get further afield. So if anybody's looking for a support act or somebody to go in a festival lineup, then hit me up. I'm up for it. 
Um, and I'll try and drag the band along as well. And if people do want to get in contact, how how can they? Uh, best way to contact me is probably just on my socials. So at Jen Dixon Music across all my my socials. Um, just give us a message, and I I generally reply quite quickly. I'd say, but yeah, feel free to just just send us a message and, and let us know. Um, if you want to do anything, I guess. And I mean, eighth of April is in two days' time after this is released. So you know, if you're in the northeast, go down, guys. Get down to Stockton, Colin. Exactly. Thanks again, Jen, for being our guests. And yeah, please Thank you for having check me. out her music or see her live when you can. So if you do enjoy your noughties, nineties rock, we have also released the Leeds episode with the music of the Kite Chiefs, and we have previous episodes of bands like Gasabian and Oasis to check out. Babs, do you have any final words? Final words. I mean, always terrified when we have a musician on the podcast because I think, yeah, the you know they're going to appreciate uh, me slagging music off. So thank you for being a good sport, Jen. When I was like, I don't really like the food. No, it's fine because hilariously, I feel like I'm the least musically musically knowledgeable person here. <laughs> so <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. We Fran and I just love reading Wikipedia. <laughs> that's what it is i didn't do my research beforehand that was the problem (laughs) but just to say you know because especially because we have a musician on and that's a bit rarer i'm gonna say what we often say which is of course support bands go and see concerts go and buy blue discs discs of all the colors buy merch and support artists because yeah it's obviously more difficult than ever and yeah it's awesome to support creative people goodbye jen goodbye babs and goodbye listeners bye thank you bye bye And thank you for getting to the end of another episode. And thanks to Jen Dixon, our guest. And please check out her new music and see her on tour if she's anywhere near you. Please remember to subscribe, like and share this episode. And let us know if you have any suggestions of acts we can discuss or any guests. In the meantime, always follow us on Twitter at OUMusicPod. And on Instagram, we are over underrated music pod, and we're also on YouTube. Until next time, guys, bye bye.